Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Dion for another episode of Wuxia Weekend. And tonight we're talking about the Ho Meng Wah film Vengeful Beauty, which came out in 1978. And uh, just before we begin, I want to mention we are having some audio issues. I usually would wear a headset to reduce echo when Dion speaks, but because my headset broke, this episode I won't be able to wear the headset and we have to wait till my new headset comes in. And in the meantime, we're just going to record the episode and we hope people will endure the echo a little more than they might otherwise. Um, so it's also been a while, so welcome back, everybody. And and yeah, so why don't we just jump into it, Dion? What, what, uh, I don't know if I've had any conversations with you about this movie before. So how did, how did you react to the film when you saw it? I like the movie. Um... Of course, I always tend to gravitate towards the strong lead female character, and she carried the film very well. Chen Ping was her name, the actress's name, and I think she did an excellent job in this movie. I really liked it. Yeah, she had a real poise to her that I liked. I, th I think that she was very good at just sort of... I don't know, like sometimes people can have all the actiony moves that are required, but they don't have the the charisma and the presence to pull it off. Yes. And this was a character that really required that level of presence that you get from from somebody like a Bridget Lynn or you know that that sort of a a person. And and I thought that she did that really well in this movie. Uh, and and this is a movie that it's kind of like a it's it's sort of like a an unofficial sequel to the flying guillotine. Like there's another actual sequel, but this is like the Ho Meng Hua continuation of that, of, of, of the flying guillotine concept. And I remember not really expecting much from it when I saw this and then being quite stunned by how good it was. It was just, you know, a very, uh, I don't know. It, how can I put it? Number one, it's not that long. What is it like, like an hour and 18 minutes or something? Yeah, it's a short movie, but you get a lot from a short movie. Yeah, you get you get a ton, and I, I mean, so number one, I guess the the basic plot line we should tell people is the Cheng Ping character is bloody hibiscus, and she's the wife of an official who gets killed, basically at the direction of the emperor by a guy named Jin Gang Feng, played by Lo Lieh, and Jin Gang Feng. Uh, kills the official, she comes back for revenge, she's pregnant with the official's child, she almost succeeds but fails at the last minute and remembers that her husband told her to protect their unborn child, so she flees, and the rest of the movie is basically Jin Gang Feng sending his children after her, and and there's a lot more to it than that, but that's it's basically kind of an on-the-road type movie, right, where she has right. to escape and get from point A to point B, so she tries to go and seek out her husband's uncle, uncle and 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 along the way she she meets a guy named Ma Sun played by Norman Chu and she's also joined by her uh former uh uh student under the same master uh Wang Jun who's played by uh Yu Hua and it, it sort of becomes this love triangle type situation but there's a bit of a twist to it that's pretty interesting towards the end um and I think we should probably, should we, I guess we have to say this we'll is going to be a spoiler discussion, there. right? Like, yes, it'll be spoiled while we, when we get there. Yeah. So, so if you haven't seen the movie, I would encourage you to watch it because there is a big, uh, plot development that we kind of have to talk about. Um, 
So, so yeah. So, so why don't we go through the characters first, and then the fight choreography, and then the plot? I think that might be the best way to sort okay. of do this. Do you agree with that, or do you do you want to propose a different structure? No, I think we'll probably end up talking about the plot as we go through the characters. But let's go through the characters. Okay. So, so the first character is obviously Bloody Hibiscus. And she's the heroine of the movie, but she's unique because she's pregnant. And there, I mean, there are other characters that are pregnant in Wuxia. You know, Huang Rong is one, but but this is this is one where the pregnancy is extremely consequential to the plot, and and is also consequential just in terms of adding another level of tension to the movie. Yes, I when I read the summary and saw that it, that she was pregnant, I guess when I first started watching it I was expecting her to be showing pregnant and I don't know why I thought that but yeah it's definitely tension invoking during the whole entire movie yeah I was she's been sworn to protect this unborn child and you, how do you get revenge and protect an unborn child especially if you're a martial artist and and it's interesting how how it gets used too because sometimes she, she, it affects her in the way she does things, and it shows. But sometimes she, she plays it up in order to trick people, and it, it, it just adds, it just adds a lot to the film. Um, and it, it also is, I, I don't know, like the, just to get into the scene, like this is a big spoiler. She miscarries the baby towards the end, and something about the miscarriage scene. I thought really worked. Like I thought that 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 added a lot more to the vengeance at the end. It, it and, and I know that in the I, I think the original title wasn't Vengeful Beauty, so it's it's not like the the title is supposed to crystallize in that moment necessarily. Mm-hmm. But but it does for me. It kind of crystallizes the movie a little bit when uh, when she has the miscarriage and then she sort of resolves because she doesn't have a you know anything to live for anymore. To just go get her revenge, no, regardless of of the consequences. It sort of, it it almost frees her up to just, you know, to to, to use her martial do, arts as fully as she no can, no matter what the consequences are. Yeah. And it's a heartbreaking scene because you really don't want her to lose the baby. But I don't know. For me, there was kind of like no way around it. In order for her to really to seek outright revenge. She was going to have to miscarry. I felt bad that she did because I wanted her, you know, the end of the movie to be her maybe cradling a baby. Like she's gotten her revenge and then it like fast forwards ahead, but it didn't happen that way. No, like a lot of Wuxia movies, this does not have a happy ending. She really doesn't get, I mean, she gets her revenge, but it's a very, you know, otherwise it's a very bleak outcome. Um, you know, her, her potential lover is killed in the battle in a pretty horrific way. And we just see her walking alone in the end. But it's also interesting because it it establishes a really compelling character for that you can imagine going on future adventures. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, so, so it really works well, I think. Because she's already, she's already quite a developed character at the beginning of the movie. Do you know what I mean? She, she's, she has a lot... Of, of character background and details that you you really don't see that much of 
And by the end, she's even more developed because of all this stuff that happened. So you could sort of see how that would inform her personality and, and what she decides to do in terms of using her martial arts to, to, to help sort of promote justice or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It just, mm-hmm. it just feels like it would, it would, it would really work well. And I don't know, maybe there are other movies with this character, but I haven't seen them. Uh, I'm assuming this is the, this, there isn't one. Uh, but you can, you, you, it's the kind of movie where you just imagine it after you watch it. You, it really makes you wonder where this character is going. Right. Especially since she is all alone. There are her husband, uh, another spoiler alert. She tries to make it to her uncle, her husband's uncle's house, but the uncle is killed and replaced by a fake uncle. So she doesn't even have that place to go to anymore. So it's like, where is she going to go? What is she going to do? But you, with a name like Bloody Hibiscus, you can see her as a an avenger for other women who have been you taken advantage of in the future. Like she just roams around from town to town. That's how I see her walking off into the onto the lonely path by herself, just going from town to town helping other women. That's true. The the only other thing I wonder about her too is she might you know sometimes these characters because they've been through a lot themselves personally, it calluses them and they, they almost have less sympathy for other people's suffering sometimes. Do you know what I mean? I wonder about that angle of it. Like, I really want to know how this movie shapes her character. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm right. I'm very curious about that. And I feel like I don't know the answer and that's what's so intriguing about it. It's a, like, I could see her going the direction you're saying, but I could also see her, you know, seeing somebody... Who, who is seeking help and almost resisting because she's, you know, saying sort of like, you know, well, you think you have it hard. This is all the stuff that I've been through type of person, you know? Right. Um, so I, I just wonder how hardened this makes her too, because she does go through a lot in the movie. It's, it's all, it's like a, like all the stuff that happens to her at the start of the movie is usually what a character ends up with by the end. And then she gets stuff on top of that. Do you know what I mean? Right. And and she's betrayed by so many people over the course of the film. So it's like like the level of trust that she must not be able to have would be fairly high, I would think. You know, like like there were at least three people that betrayed her in the movie. You know, there's the True. there's the daughter yeah. of uh, Jin Gong Fung who lays a trap for her and tries right. to you know tr- tries she to. She was on to her from the beginning. Yes, and that's the that's the but that's the scene that makes me wonder how. Edge, how cagey she would be when helping people in the future. Do you know what I mean? Because it, that because the way that the way that the daughter tried to get her help was presenting herself as a victim and then needing her, needing to be aided, right? And yeah, so I can see that. but but so moving on to the other characters, just just for time, uh, why do we go to uh, uh, Jin Gong Fung, the Lolie character, who's the villain in this movie? Um, you know, what were your thoughts on him? And I guess we can include his children in the discussion for the sake of simplicity. Okay. Well, I thought he was obviously ruthless because he he's the one who messed up. The wife should have been killed in the whole massacre, but she wasn't there. So he should have been the one to hunt her down. And then when he when she had come for him, she he should have killed her. But then he sends his three children, and he knows that she's a really good martial artist because she almost defeated him, even though she was pregnant. 
but he basically sends his kids to die just so that he could keep his head because when the emperor finds out that he didn't wrap up all the loose ends, he was definitely going to be beheaded. But he, just the way he said it, that, you know, I have three heirs, whoever brings her down is going to be the one who inherits everything. So obviously they don't want to share with each other because they're just as ruthless. So then they take on this responsibility and then we find out that he is another child out there somewhere. Yeah. The, I, I really like this character. Lolier plays a lot of villains and this isn't his most eccentric villain, no, but it's, it's one of his not. more dramatic ones and one of his more, I don't know how to put it. He's, he's a little bit understated at times, but then when he needs to sort of, bring the emotion up it really works do you know what i mean like there's that scene yes. where the fire is in, in the foreground of the camera and the guy moves into frame with the sword and and he's talking about how he's just lost all of his children and it just you don't feel bad for him but he's a he's he's a lot more believable as a villain and you know w because he, he he has these personal connections to his ch children that he's sent off to die, like you said. Um, so I don't know, I just feel like it. it's an interesting character. And also, you can, t like, even in, there's a couple of scenes with the king, like, it, the emperor, like, after he uh, he tries to kill the official and, and, and the official's family, and he, he lies to the emperor saying that he, he wiped them all out when he didn't, and now he has to cover his tracks. But the just the way that he BSs, through that scene, yeah. it's, I like it's 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 very high level acting, and this is a, I feel like a point in Lolie's career where he's really good at that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I, I think this is the kind of character you can only do after you've been acting for a while. Yeah, he's definitely mastered the manipulative villain who can BS his way out of anything. And because he's played enough of those characters that it made this one even worse. Good acting, but a worse villain. Yeah. Just because he's had the experience and he put it all together from the different characters in one package. Well, and what I like about it, like BS, to me, BSing is the hardest thing to do, or it seems like it would be, because on the one hand, you have to act for the person that you're BSing to and you have to act for the audience so that they can see that you're BSing. Do you know what I mean? It's a, mm -hmm. it's a very delicate thing it seems. And I just, I, I was struck by that, you know, watching this, this time that, uh, you know, just something about the, his eye movement and the way that he was addressing the emperor. But, uh, but also I, I love the premise of him sending off his children to do this because it gives us, Sort of, we get the three attempts by the children, and it, each one has their own approach. And I don't know what was your favorite. What was your favorite assassination attempt? Definitely the sisters. I think with the ploy of you know trying to play a victim. And then trying to seduce Masen at the riverside. I think that was that was my favorite because it you had to take so much of a risk there to seduce him at the riverside. 
I mean, because yeah. you're going to seduce him, you're going to end up naked, pretty much. And then fighting naked, and, you know, it's just a lot going on in that scene. Yeah, that's. I don't think I've seen too many topless fight scenes like that. that Me was, either. I know, I mean, I, I've seen ones where... Like, you know, they've been chasing people and somebody's been topless or something. But I don't think I've ever seen, like, a choreographed fight scene that was serious that, you know, was was done in this way. Um, and that was kind of interesting. Do you know what I mean? It, Very interesting. And it was also interesting how their characters were sort of contrasted with each other in that. Because there's a scene just before uh, before she jumps into the water where Bloody Hibiscus almost has sex with Ma's son, you know, she, you know, cause mm-hmm. they obviously like each other and she almost, she almost succumbs to that desire, but then she stops in order to protect her child. And that's also the thing that stops the daughter from attacking her because her whole thing is she wants to wait for bloody hibiscus to be vulnerable and then, and then, you know, use her outwit her basically. Cause she knows she's right. no match for her. And I thought that w- that scene was really like just really good with 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 building that tension because you know that the daughter is going to attack, and you know and and it's and it's all very much linked to Bloody Hibiscus's decision on whether to continue or not continue with that, and and so I know that that whole sequence I thought was one of the stronger sequences in the movie. I think that was probably my favorite scene in the movie the way that was set up. Yeah, it was it was very suspenseful. You just sort of, it, you know, like like if 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 all the pieces didn't come together, it would have just been sort of gratuitous, you know, lovemaking scene because because uh-huh. I think she takes her top off or something. But but there was a lot of care put into building that scene, and so it really worked. And and uh, and so you know, it had these extravagant things going on, you know, with nudity and stuff. But it was all it was all very relevant to the movie, and it all just kind of uh, was memorable because you because you're you're sort of on the edge of your seat, wondering what's going to happen with this this woman that you know is the the daughter of the villain. Um, what about the other two the uh, uh, the 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 Johnny Wayne character, and what was the other? Um, I can't remember his name, but the the other son, the first one to attack, that had the daggers in the bamboo forest. Oh, Jin Ren Ting. Um, yeah, I, the climbing on the bamboo and stuff, that to me was, was kind of like far-fetched to be fighting in the bamboo like that. So, But I mean, it was, it was a good scene. But if they'd been normal trees, for me, it would have been more believable. Okay. Um, that's why I think I like the scene with the, the two women and the man by the riverside because it was the most believable how something would unfold to me. That was the most grounded scene because the other, so the bamboo scene is, it's a very wuxia type thing where they're like, they're kind of climbing up the bamboo in ways that you really wouldn't do. Do you know what I mean? Because of the lightness Kung Fu thing. And then in the other scene with the other brother, all these guys are hidden in these statues in, the, mm-hmm. in this like ruined temple or something, and they hit the statues, and the you know they explode, and the guys are in there. Um, so there, there were a lot more elaborate. Um, so, so I, could, I sort of, I could, I could see what you mean. That was definitely a more grounded scene. Uh, I, I, I always like bamboo forest scenes. So for me, it's just sort of like okay, here, you know, here's another one in the the long 
history of bamboo forest fight scenes to, <laughs> to note. And, and I thought there were some interesting things going on. It was, I, I could, I did see a couple, like, like obviously they use stunt doubles in certain scenes and things like that. And so mm-hmm. and when there's a woman lead, it's, it's often easy to tell because the stunt double will often be a man. So that's sort of the thing to look for. Right. Um, but what, what impressed me was there were a lot of scenes where it looked like they weren't using one. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. And again, I didn't, you know, look, go over it with a fine tooth comb, but I saw, I, there were less scenes of the beautiful woman turning into an ugly man with a wig than you normally have in a movie like this. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and yeah, I, and usually I, when they do that, they, they take the camera and they pull it far enough back mm-hmm. where you're not really supposed to tell, yeah. but you can tell because the wig that they put on the man is usually a really bad yeah, it's, version of the woman's hairstyle. Well, there's like the Kara Hui movie, My Young Auntie, where he's holding the wig on his head because it looks like it's going <laughs> to fall off, right? And, yeah. And it just, you know, so, you know, but but I just thought that scene was 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 really well done, and and I and I like I like the shimmying up the. Uh, I don't know if shimmying's the right word, but whatever it was they were yeah, doing. Yeah, shimmy. You know, was it shimmy? They were kind of like make using like they would have two two bamboo trees just a little bit apart and they would they would have one leg on each bamboo and kind of climb up so it was something that you might see in a video game or in a wire foo movie but not something that you would you would think would really work in real life type of a thing um, so it definitely kind of has a heightened reality feel the the one that i thought was maybe the least impressive was the johnny wang one because only because I know I've seen so many fight scenes like that one. Do you know what I mean? Like that one felt the least original to me out of right. the group. Which it wasn't bad. It was a great fight scene, and I thought Johnny Wang had a great death. And he kind of there was a you know a moment where he he throws these darts or these needles at the uh, the Hugh Hua character, and so you know that adds to the to the story. But but just when they go to those temple grounds, it's I, I just remember thinking, oh, I. Number one, I, I I know I've seen fights in this spot before, but this also just feels very familiar. Whereas the the bamboo scene felt kind of fresh, and the uh, the 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 scene with the daughter definitely, you know, I, I haven't seen a scene that plays out the way that scene played out before. Um, so, what about what about the Yuhua character? Because he's the, and here's this plot spoiler. Here he's the 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 bastard fourth son of, of, uh, Jin Gong Fung. Um, you know, what, what did you think of that twist and what did you think of his character? I thought the twist was awesome because you could tell at the beginning of the movie, he was so in love with, um, bloody, um, hibiscus. And at one point I thought that, um, Norman Chu's character, Ma Sen was actually, rolling his eyes yeah yeah he was he was rolling his eyes there was definitely eye rolling going on he was like oh lord he's so so lovesick here we go um rolling his eyes at him when they were having that conversation um so i no, i like the plot twist and he was the smart one who actually because he knew where she was headed uh set up the uncle and uh, took out the real uncle and placed in the, the fake one. So he was as smart and ruthless 
as um, his father, but it kind of made me wonder where in the line of the four children he was. Was he the oldest or was he the youngest? Because we never, and it really don't doesn't know. matter. We don't know. Yeah, and it, it doesn't matter because he's definitely last just by the fact that he's illegitimate. And, right. And so, and that works really well because otherwise you don't really have any reason to believe that he would kill his brother, right? Because he kills the uh, Johnny Wang character in, uh, right. or I, I forget if he delivers the fatal blow, but he's at least fighting him. And I think he delivers the death blow. But uh, he, 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 he wouldn't, he wouldn't have, or it might've been Masson who did, but he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done that if they were, you know, like, genuine brothers the way the other three siblings are are related and so it's just like a nice touch that okay it makes sense they would both be fighting against the siblings but also be willing to betray her in order to secure his inheritance and all these things so but that that's what partly confused me too was because he was so in love with her at the beginning do you think that the Love for her at the beginning, before Lolie made that declaration that that was real, and then he just decided, oh, I'd rather have the money instead of the girl. Or if he always was jealous of her for some reason and pretended to be in love with her, and then when the opportunity presented itself, then he decided, okay, and then I can just take her out. You know what I mean? My, my, my reading on it is that because they, they were students going all the way back, I think what their, their master was a Wudang member, right? It was, he was part of Wudang class. Yes. Um, so I think that, I think that it must've been genuine because it must've gone back well before there was any reason for him to even think that she would be significant in any way to his father's plans. And we don't know when he knew that he was the legitimate son of this guy. We don't know if that was thing he knew his whole life or if it was a recent revelation. But what I think happened was he was in love with her, but in that first scene, you can also see that he's a little bit angry and resentful. And so I think by the time he learns about this, he's willing to go there because there's so much resentment, you know, that's seeped into his love that, you know, it's not really an issue for him to... To, to kill her that way. Do you know what I mean? Especially when he's going to gain so much. Right. And also I, he's not I, presented as like a really, he, even his love is kind of selfish and mean. Do you know what I mean? So right. I, I, you know, and, and they play up the love so much and he does such a good job of, you know, of, of do, of being in love with her that it kind of takes you by surprise when he turns on her that way. Because in fact, my first thought was, oh, he's going to kill her because he's so angry that she hasn't accepted his love or something. He's like a psychotic, you know, boyfriend or something. But but then it was like, oh, no, no, he's even more, like, devious and sinister than that. It's it's not just, you know, a crime of passion. It's like a, a fully planned, I'm going to betray you and I've been thinking about it for a long time type thing. Right. Um, so... Because cause the way that he does it is she's having uh, issues with the pregnancy and, and she's worried that she's going to miscarry and she falls in the ground and he uses that opportunity to basically reveal that he's been, you know, planning her death and that he's about to kill her. So, 
What what about the Ma Sun character, the Norman Chu? I liked him. I felt bad though that he kind of was used by the um, the sister to get to um, Bloody Hibiscus. I really wish he had lived. I really think he had her best interest at heart. I mean, when he found out that the uncle that was in the house really wasn't the uncle, when he found the dead uncle, mm-hmm. he could have just went on his way because he obviously was kind of mad about the um, Wong Jung character coming in and trying to scoop her away. And then she rejected him because, you know, she's a widow and she's pregnant. He could have just walked away from the whole situation, but he really didn't want to see her hurt. So he went back. So he was very chivalrous. So oh, I really liked him. I'm, I'm really sad that they didn't end up together. Yeah, he, he definitely wanted him to survive. He didn't want him to die, right? So right. It, I, I think that was a, you know, and, and it's, 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 it's doubly sad because sometimes they linger on character deaths and sometimes they don't. And I felt like his character dying, it happened so quickly and the acknowledgement of it was so quick that it, it gave it almost even more weight. Do you know what I mean? Because it didn't mm-hmm. get, it didn't get all this ceremony around it. There wasn't really time. And so it was just sort of like, you know, the, the, the cruelty of the world, just how quickly people and easily people die. So, so, uh, and, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I like the character. I, I thought it was interesting initially when you meet him that he's, he's practicing Kung Fu with the bowls. Do you know what I mean? And, and he's using oh, I the bowls. That was cool. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, and I thought that, um, I also think Norman Chu is one of the more, like, he's just one of these actors like T Lung, who's just very likable. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yes. like he's he's the one that everybody wants Chen Ping to be with by the end of the movie, and nobody yes. wants wants her to be with the Hu Hua character, right? Like, it's 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 just the way that it, that uh, he he's obviously the nicer guy, and and so uh, so I, I I don't know. I, I feel like it was a it was a good character for him too, just just in terms of matching the actor to the character. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What about, what about the, the fight choreography overall? Any, any thoughts on it or, you know, was it, you know, it wasn't bad. There wasn't anything like exceptional blow your mind kind of choreography. It was, it was good choreography. It fit the movie. I just, it just wasn't like I said, blow your mind. I think it was it was somewhat understated, and it uh, if I if I, I I think the thing that I would say about it is it was it was very how can I put this they did a good job of choosing when to have protracted fight scenes and when to not have protracted fight scenes. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so I I I I felt like there was a little bit more staying of the hand in terms of, you know, this is the, how can I put it? Sort of like the, the volume of fights, the, like the, the volume level was adjusted very, very correctly over the course of the movie. So that, 
so that it helped the scenes to feel different from one another. Do you know what I mean? Um, yes. Like most of them didn't go on too long. You know what I mean? And the, uh, you know, it, and, and they, and they were, they were all sort of, uh, I don't know. They, they, I, I, I didn't get bored at any point, but like you, I, 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 I never quite like, I never saw anything that was like, wow, that's, do you know what I mean? Like that's this, it never kind of got to the stratospheric level, but it also, I, I, I thought that they did a good job of choosing when to have fight scenes and choosing what type of fight scene to have in a given moment. Right. And I thought that all the, you know, the, all the fight scenes were, were well done enough that there was never like a moment where I was like, oh, that move kind of sucked or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It all, it all kind of worked. Um, but I think I was a little bit more interested in the story and the characters than the fighting overall. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that. I mean, Tonkai is, is an excellent action director. There's not been a movie that he's directed the action on that I did not like. Um, but the story and the, the acting were just so superb that, you know, it overshadowed the fight sequences. The fu- I mean, you needed the fighting in the movie because it is a martial arts revenge movie. Yeah. But, you know, it's not like, I don't even know what to say. It's, it's just like, it was there because it was necessary to be there. But the story was so good that it, it just overshadowed it. Here, here's how I would phrase it. I feel like it, it, it was it was done to enhance the drama of a given scene. Do you know what I mean? I like that. Yeah. Because it, it's not bad at all. I don't think that's what we're saying. No, but it's, it's very difficult bad. to describe what we're trying to express. Um, and so, and, and there are some very memorable things though about it. Like Bloody Hibiscus has a really cool weapon. She's got one of those poles with the blade on it that yes. that sort of detaches, and I don't know. I, I just think that's a very elegant, cool weapon. It's one of my, whenever they have weapons like that, it's my favorite thing. And the way she wields it is really cool, and it's very light, and it just works for her character. It, it, it's it's the exact. It's I don't think it's as easy as as people think to decide what weapon to have for what character, especially the protagonist, because if you pick the wrong weapon, it really doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that that was the right weapon. I also liked that her husband was a was a dual wielding swordsman, right? He had the two two swords, and mm-hmm. the and I noticed that the choreography for it was kind of interesting because a lot of times one of the things you see the characters with two swords do is they do the parry with one and swing with the other, which he did, but more often he was swinging both blades at the same time, and it just kind of mm-hmm. had a different look and feel to it. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, and, and, and again, the, the other one that was maybe like a little bit different than some of the other weapon choices was, uh, the first son's use of the daggers early on, you know, he had these little tiny daggers that he would throw. And I thought that was kind of cool, but, uh, but yeah. So what about the, uh, the story, which we've talked about almost entirely through the characters and the fight scenes, but. Anything else to add about the story? It's just a really a good story. Usually when you see the women going for revenge, they're usually not married and pregnant. So that 
Um, that little twist, I think, was very instrumental in creating a memorable story. Usually you have the women where their families have been murdered and they go, you know, seek revenge for their family. But it's rarely, well, this is the first time I've ever seen it where a widowed pregnant woman is on, on the rampage. So, yeah, I, it was a very unique story. Yeah, I, th- I thought it really worked. It's, it's one of the most satisfying, you know, revenge storylines, I think. And, and I don't know, it just, it just has a really neat, tight structure to it. You know, there's not, there's not a lot of excess stuff that you would need to take out of this movie. It all, you know, it, it all works. It sort of, it, 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 and it circles back on itself because it's a road trip to the uncle's house, but then it eventually comes back to back. the, to the, um, the, the Jingong Fun character at the palace. So I like how it kind of circles around geographically, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. This just, and, and I just, I, the scene when I, I think she has one of the best introductions that a, a Wuxia character can have when, when they, when they attack, uh, the whole premise of this is that the, the emperor is, is, is use you know, continues to use the flying guillotines to, to, uh, to be a nasty guy, to 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 to, to silence critics, and he and goes so far to even insane. go after proofreaders of critics, right? And mm-hmm. so she's pretending to be one of the proofreaders, and all of the uh, all all of uh, his agents go to attack her, and and when she announces herself, she cuts off, she cuts down a hibiscus flower, and 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 tells them that her name is the bloody hibiscus. And they say it's a ridiculous name, and she says the hibiscus is irrigated by blood, so it makes perfect sense. And and I just I don't know, just the way that they do that scene really works for me. Um, oh, and we didn't talk about the emperor. The emperor's kind of an interesting character too. Uh, you know, he, he's your standard evil emperor, but he takes umbrage at people suggesting that he's not evil. And I like I like sort of his his outrage at the suggestion that he would do anything underhanded as he's doing underhanded things. Well, yeah, you have to look good in front of the people. You know, you want to appear kind and loved by the people while underhandedly doing all the nasty things to make sure that everybody knows that you're a good guy. But I just thought, he's got a line in there where the the official is like, you know, there's a rumor that, you know, the, that you're using the flying guillotines to silence, you know, your, your critics. And, you know, maybe if you did something to, 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 to counter that, that would be useful. And he just gets outraged and says, you know, everybody knows that I, I, I govern the people benevolently. And it's, I don't know, that he's, you know, just one of the, he's a very sort of, you know, uh, blatantly hypocritical, evil emperor yes. character. Um, and so, so yeah, so, uh, so I don't know. What about, um, what about rating and recommendation? Did we have it on a scale of one to four, one to five? I'm always forgetting. One to four. One to four. All right. That's it. You know, I, I really like the one to four scale because it forces you to pick when you, when you can go up to five, it's a lot easier. You have more wiggle room, but, Mm -hmm. but a scale of four really forces you to, to choose a number. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where would you put it on a scale of one to four? Would you recommend it to people? I'm definitely going to give it a three. 
I think it's an excellent movie. There's nothing that I don't like about this movie. It's all very well done. Excellent story. They picked the right people for their characters. Like you said, I think they picked the right weapons for the characters who use them. It's a good story. Um, so I give it a three. You definitely have to see this. It's, especially since it's an unofficial um, sequel to The Flying Guillotine. And if you like The Flying Guillotines, then you'd want to want to see this one. Yeah, I would give it a three as well. I think I, there's something missing that makes it not a four. I don't know what that is. Do you know what I mean? But I know that it's... It's lacking something that would give it that four quality. So for I would me, I know what it is. Okay, well, tell it me didn't after. Make me cry. Tell me after. Oh, it didn't make you cry. <laughs> it didn't make me cry. I mean, I it's missing. It, it's miss. It's got a lot of drama and a lot of weight to it, but it's missing that oomph that yes. a four should have. I, I know exactly what you mean. But it's a great movie. It, it's it's a it's a solid three. It's 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 very you know I. I I think, and, and here's the thing, you see the cover, you see the trailer, and you probably think it's a two. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it presents itself as a two, or even a one and a half, or a one, but it's a, it's, 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 it's a three. And it's, it, and it's a movie that is not really on a lot of people's radar, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like, it definitely gets love. Like, people do, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of positive reviews of it, but it's not one that if you mention it to people, they tend to know, so... It, this is this is one of those I guess maybe like a hidden gem type movie that yeah. that people should definitely check out. Like it's a it's a three, but definitely check it out because number one, you might think it's a four, you might not think it's a three like I do, but number two, it, I guarantee it's a three. It's a it's it's a it's it's one of these guaranteed solid three movies that is going to entertain you if you like Wuxia. So so definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, I don't know any anything else to add, Dion, before we. Before we head out? No, I think we did this one justice. Okay, yeah, I think we did a good job. And again, sorry it's been a while since we've been on. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll be back on soon and do something like Shadow or something recent that people want to see. But I don't quite know what's going to be the next movie. We have to we have to talk about it after. Um, and and we'll try to have the whole crew back on next time too, or at least most of the crew. So so yeah so. Uh, you know, we'll be back on another time, and until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.